Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Mondays Down South. Ev gave me the nod of approval. I'm coming in with so much adrenaline and excitement this week. Ev, I know you're feeling me. Baseball is back, baby. Let's go. As we record this right now, the Nats and the uh, Yankees are playing. Got Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer. I'm stoked. Ev, how are you feeling? Sports are back, man. They're back. Dude, I'm thrilled, man. And obviously... Baseball is, is my go-to, so it's great to have this one back specifically. I was saying earlier, it feels wrong as we're watching it unfold here with no fans and whatnot, but it, it I don't care. You know, I'm here for it. You know, it's awesome to have it back. It's a short season, uh, which is a bummer, but it's going to be great. It's just, it just, everything feels a little more right in the world now that it's back. Um, I don't know if you watched that little MLB clip they put together, the four-minute snippet that was pretty cool of talking about how, you know, baseball came back, you know, all the way back during the World Wars and after 9-11, those types of things. I thought that was pretty cool. So we're here in a global pandemic. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, this one, this one's going to be a little special for us because as of right now, this would have been the halfway point in the baseball season. This would have been playoff times in the NBA. This would have been getting ready for NFL fantasy and regular season. And all of a sudden, um, we're just starting on the big three right now, at least the big three for us in terms of what we uh, yeah. give a lot of ability to do. But this is kind of like the jump start to all of them, right? Because we got baseball now, we got the NBA in a week. The NFL has been talking about their um, their ideas of how to get the the uh, game going and like how they're going to approach it. Uh, I think we can we can touch a little bit on the NFL, NBA, whatever we want to talk about before we jump into baseball. Uh, for context for the fans, we're going to be talking a little bit about. Today, our main focus, I should say, is going to be on baseball. It's going to be our predictions for division um, and for wild cards, as well as our predictions for who is going to end up winning the NLAL and win it all. And we might we might throw you a couple of awards of prediction awards that we have. So we're very excited about that, especially because of how relevant it is at the moment. But we'll, we'll, we'll kick it over to the NBA and NFL. Uh, let's start with some funny news. Yesterday, uh, Mr. Bowl Bowl, you want to touch on that, Evan? Yeah, well, I was going to say before we start, we should shout out, obviously, Zach's not here. We miss him on the episode. We totally blew past that he wasn't here. But This is very true. We probably should have started with that. Happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah happy birthday. Yeah, he had a belated birthday wishes. His birthday was yesterday. He's out with his parents having some dinner. Um, we, you know, we, we, got, we got to give him a little bit of credit for that. I do think it was convenient that he decided to miss this episode, just throwing it out there. It was Zach, when you watched this, I'm sorry we forgot about you, but when baseball- That would have been bad. That would have been bad going the whole episode, not even mentioning the fact that Zach's not here. <laughs> I mean, can, can you blame us though? I mean, when, it, when baseball comes up, Zach just kind of gets quiet. Yeah, or, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he turns into a part-time Orioles, part-time Nationals fan. Um, <laughs> all jokes aside, happy birthday, Zach. Sorry I kicked your butt in basketball yesterday. Uh, or two days ago. Just also have to give him a little crap for that, too. Anyway, Zach will be back next week for his rebuttal. Um, we'll keep it going. Yeah. Do you see what happened with Bowl Bowl yesterday? I did. I saw the stat line. I mean, you know, pretty impressive, but, you know, I don't know if there's much to it. No, it's not about the stat line. It's well, I, stat line, and literally immediately after, he was subjugated for a random um drug like steroid drug test wait really i didn't see that part yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he puts up his like best game arguably ever and then immediately after they're like Let's <laughs> after steroids. i love it i love it i'm sure that wasn't a coincidence so that was yeah. hilarious uh, i just I, I wanted to point to that just because the <laughs> nba is also coming back and that's something that's going to be very big for us the next couple weeks so it's just fun to point to an example 
Um, but we'll, we'll bring more NBA content as we get more into the restart in, in the next couple of weeks. As far as NFL goes, there have been some more meetings and some more um, things coming about how they're going to approach the season. It looks like the players in the league have agreed to daily COVID testing for players. Um, I think with the NFL specifically, it's going to be really interesting because there is a lot of direct contact between players. You talk, you think about the huddle, you think about mm-hmm. quarterbacks taking snaps, you think about passing, like everyone, I mean, and tackling, like the premise of the game is tackling each other. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they gauge it. But it looks like the players really, really want to play, which um, makes me personally optimistic about them following guidelines and kind of sorting it out. And it's, it's, it's exciting to hear more talks about it because I'm sure everyone is just excited to have sports back because, you know, in these times when you're locked at home, I can't think of anything better to do. So hopefully that starts picking up more traction. But I just wanted to give a little shout out to uh, the NFL because, of course, that's a big uh, topic of conversation for us, too, going forward. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's tricky. And it's, you think, well, once they're there and they've been tested and they test negative, everything's fine, even if they are, you know, coming into contact with each other. But like with baseball er- earlier today, uh, Juan Soto testing positive just this morning. He'd been out for the last two weeks playing with his teammates, so you just never know when it, you know, when it could come up. Unless you're going to quarantine guys for two weeks before they get there, which is unreasonable. You know, you just never know. So you're you're taking a risk being out there, but you know, they're doing the best they can. You're hitting the nail on the head. I, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, there's no perfect way to do it. I think everyone's just kind of trying to figure out the best way to make it happen for the players, the fans, and and the sports in general. So we'll see what happens with that. I think also uh, we could touch on a couple of names that came up today for particular organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with your Redskins. Uh, have you wanted to let people know what they're going to be go- called going forward? Yep. Or- we are in 2020. We are the Washington football team. The verbatim. That's it. Original. Super original. I, I will say it's silly. It's ridiculous. It's easy to make fun of. And obviously it's hilarious. And the fact that, I guess they're just um, – um, oh, wow, John, John Carlos Stanton looks good tonight. But um, sorry, I'm just <laughs> – Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> just picked up an RBI. But, um, but, yeah, like they're going with the numbers on the helmets. Like they're keeping the jerseys, which makes sense. But, honestly, this is honestly I think the right thing to do because, like, I was talking about on, you know, last week or a week and a half ago's episode of, like, wanting to do a full rebrand and, like, com- really dig the roots up and completely redo it. You can't do that in two weeks. You're right. So You're right. obviously you take the stopgap year. Now you have a full year to like get some feedback from alumni and whatnot and on the best name, uniforms, all that kind of stuff. And then you can really take the time to do it right. So obviously it is funny. Everyone will be making fun of it. I'll be making fun of it. It'll be silly throughout the year to see the name or just everything. I mean, they don't even really have a logo. Like if you go to like the score center app where it has everyone's logo, it's just blank. It's like just ridiculous, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the right way to do it, to be honest. I will say, though, over the past two decades, it's been very easy to make fun of the Redskins for a lot of decisions they made and a lot of news that have come up. I actually agree with you that this is probably the right way to approach it for the interim. Maybe they could have been a little bit more creative about their uh, short-term name, but I'm at least glad they're taking their honest time to think of a solid, good name because you're not going to be... Hopefully, you're not going to be changing names again anytime soon. Hopefully, for the next century, whatever whatever the Redskins go with, you know, well beyond our lifetimes, hopefully that sticks. Right? Moving on to a more exciting team name. Evan, you brought this up to me, so I'll let you address it. I, this is probably one of the cooler ones I've heard. 
Yeah, a pretty newsworthy day, obviously, with baseball coming back and that Redskins news. But we also had the NHL. Obviously, we knew that there was a new franchise coming out of Seattle for the 2021-2022 season. But they finally picked their name today. They picked the uh, the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. That's and they so showed off some new uniforms and logo. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good name, i got to say. That's one of the more unique, cool logos and mascots I've heard of. I think the Kraken is going to be pretty... Uh, pretty exciting I, I think it's going to be really fun to see what they do with that in terms of uh promotions and things like that so i, I like that and i just i felt like we had to mention it given how cool that name was agreed um, big fan i think we can i think we can jump into it though. i think i think that we've hit everything else it's time it's time for our sport man it's time to talk about let's baseball. do it um we'll start with our divisions um let's talk a little bit about how the format's going to work this season in terms of playoffs um evan you just told me um, and I'll let you uh, I'll let you explain it to the fans, but th- th- we just got hit with this new format that instead of 12 teams, it's going to be 16 now for the MLB. Uh, first of all, how do you feel about that in terms of 16 versus 12 in a, this shortened 60-game season? Yeah, obviously, I mean, I like it for the short season because it's you're going to get more fluke teams, I think, so like longer playoff. I mean, the more games, the better. Obviously, everyone's disappointed about only getting 60, so expanded playoffs means more games, so I'm happy about that. Um, obviously, I don't want that to be something they do permanently, and it, it's not something they're going to do permanently. But, um, but yeah, I'm happy with it with the short season. It just makes it more fun, I think, overall. I agree with that. I think – so, interesting, when I first saw it, I was a little hesitant. I'm not a big fan of – for example, in the NBA, I'm not a huge fan of half the teams or more in the league making the playoffs. But I will yeah. say shortened season, especially with a lot of flukes that could potentially happen – this actually benefits the better teams in the league, the, the teams that, you know, maybe start off a little bit slow or they're bouncing back from a little bit of injuries or maybe COVID if impacts a couple of other players, like we're seeing with Juan Soto, for example, with the Nationals now. It gives them a the chance to get in and actually have a full roster um, at a time where it counts, and I appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, with that being said, I think, Abby, you were saying that now instead of having one division winner, there will be two teams from every division that make the playoffs, and then we will also have uh, two additional wildcard teams from the AL and NL, right? That, that yep. Is what we're, what we're yeah. Doing. Yeah. As far as how they decide um, what happens in playoffs go, we don't know that information that hasn't been released yet. Our assumption is they're going to do it through seeding, um, and that's just going to be, you know, the best best record versus the lowest and going up. I don't know if there's going to be buys or, like, what's going to happen, but uh, we won't speculate on that. We're just going to get right into – Picking the divisions. Um, let's start with let's AL. AL, I'm going to throw out your AL East to start. Who are your two teams from the AL East to make the playoffs? So I think um, I think this is one of the easiest ones. Now now that it's two teams, uh, Yankees-Rays, I think it's a, a near lock. I mean, uh, obviously the Orioles don't have a chance, even in the short season, um, unfortunately. I think, I think the Red Sox are going to be sneaky bad this year. I think... I almost wanted to make a prediction. I think the Orioles might beat them just in a fluke season. I don't actually think it's going to happen, but I think the Sox are not good at all. Um, Toronto could surprise, maybe, because they have so much young talent if they get hot, but but I don't think so. So I think it's the two locks at the top, which I think are two of the top. I'll go all get into that later, two of the top few teams in baseball. But Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think Yankees' um, Rays are just – automatic locks for me even with injuries and all those aside they both proved last season that with injuries they can still be successful and that's why I have like extreme confidence in those two teams to make the playoffs this year as far as the division winners 
I like the fact that you touched on the Blue Jays because if you look at their lineup, the amount of potential that lineup has is potentially could be like unmatched in terms of how ridiculous that team could be because it's literally all. I think I saw a stat that their oldest player, I believe, is Travis Shaw, who was 30 years old. <laughs> that is yeah, unheard. It's, it's unheard of. And and to throw another wrench into the mix, guess where they might be playing their home games this year? This is also somewhat new news today. Is- like Camden Yards, Camden Yards, Camden Yards. They're trying to find it because they obviously, um, I guess this was a few days ago, but Canada won't let them play in Toronto. So they need to find somewhere in the States. And they have their one of their minor league facilities in Buffalo, which would be the obvious choice. But they're like, no, we want a major league stadium. So they're talking to all these teams. They had an agreement with Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. The governor's office said, no, you're not coming. Um, yeah. So now they're trying Baltimore. The Orioles have agreed. So now it's in the Maryland governor's office to uh, say yay or nay. So if, if, if they're okay with it, then they're going to play in uh, Camden, it looks like. Which I hate, because I hate the Blue Jays. I don't I cancel the Blue Jays. Get them out of there. I don't want it. They, they don't deserve our gorgeous ballpark. That's the only good thing we have right now. So I, do, I don't want it. I do, feel it bad. Makes... I do feel bad for their players, though, right? It's not like they have control over the fact that, like, yeah, sure, it's free agents, but a lot of these guys got drafted by the Blue Jays, and they're not allowed to play in their own home stadium. Imagine yeah. if the were actual like perennial contenders this season and they couldn't play in their home home games that, that that really does suck for them so i hope it works out and i don't think they're going to be upset about playing cam because that's a very hitter friendly ballpark yeah and i think if they're going to win games it's going to be through their offense not as much their pitching i will touch on the red sox really quickly i still think their lineup is great like even with the loss of mookie Betts, they still managed to get verdugo to fill in obviously not as good but the top of their lineup with how great Devers was last season, with how great Martinez was last season, they'll still have a good lineup. But in terms of pitching, it's horrendous. Like I, I, their pitching is is what bothers me. If they even had a, like two good starters, you could make an argument for them being playoff threats. Um, but even with the 16 game season, it's going to be hard for me to even put that in. But we'll talk more about that as we go along. I think we're yeah. both in the. Quite the agreement of the Yankees and Rays. We'll yeah, other uh, other Blue Jays mentioned though is also that they announced that Nate Pearson's going to get who's their top prospect, just an absolute throws hundred miles an hour. He's like six six. He's getting called up quick this year. The only reason he's not getting called up out of the gate is um, for service time reasons. But I think he's going to pitch the sixth game of the season, something like that. So that could give him a jolt. That's the Rays' home opener, so uh, it makes yeah. sense they want him. They want him to debut there, even though there's no fans. I mean, it's still cool. Uh, we'll yeah. move on to the AL Central. This is an interesting one. Um, there's a couple options here. So what do you got in the AL Central? Yeah. So definitely the Twins. I like the Twins a lot still. Um, I think they're number one coming out. Number two, Indians or White Sox. I'm going to – I'm going to buy into the – I'm going to buy into the – I'm going to buy into the White Sox. I like the White Sox. I think that young lineup is just absolutely loaded, especially when you get Madrigal up. Really, the only weak point is second base. So when you get Madrigal up later this year, I mean, with Robert, Eloy Jimenez, they added Grandal, Encarnacion. Like, oh, I mean, God. I think it's stacked. And the pitching, the pitching is not horrible. I mean, and the bullpen, the bullpen isn't horrible either. So I'm going to give the edge to the uh, the White Sox slightly over the Indians for the second spot behind Minnesota. Yeah, so I definitely got Minnesota. Actually, real quick, um, for the previous one, did you do you have the Yankees in first and the Rays finishing? I do. I do. I'm in the same position as of right now. Uh, for the Central, I agree with you. I have the Twins winning um, for sure. Like, that's just where my money is. I believe they got better, right? Like, they didn't lose anybody. They added some starting pitching depth. 
They added Josh Donaldson to a lineup that was already great last season. And their bullpen, they pieced together well enough to compete last year. I think they'll be able to do the same this year. I think the Twins are a lock to win the Central right now. You know, and th these are all predictions. A lock? Oh, for me, I think they'll win the Central. Like, I, I have no doubt in my mind that they will win the Central, personally. I feel good about it. Yeah, I feel good about it. I mean, the bullpen, like you said, the bullpen is sneaky nasty now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Taylor Rogers is fantastic. 100%. Duffy, May, Romo. 100%. All, and, all really solid. And their rotation is great, too. You got Barras leading off. They uh, they got a good one-two punch over there. And then they added a bunch of solid veterans. The Twins are the ones that got themselves, uh, who was it, like Rich Hill and uh, Maeda. Uh, Kent Maeda. They, they added two Dodgers pitchers. And like now, all of a sudden, they have a little bit of depth to a rotation that, as of last year, didn't have it. And then, again, Josh Donaldson, um, you know, former AL MVP. Last year, hit over 30 bombs, hit for a decent average. Good RBI guy. Added him to the middle of a lineup as a veteran, great defensive player. You take a team that was already the best team in the Central last year, and you just made them better. So I think the Twins win it. Um, as far as my second pick goes, I'm actually going to take the Indians. I agree with you that the White Sox are super exciting. As a matter of fact, I think for right now, the, like I, I look at the White Sox as being like the future Astros of a few years ago. Like I, They're so set up to have long-term success because they don't have a lot of money on the books. Um, you, when you were talking earlier, I don't even think we brought up Jan Moncada and Jose Abreu, who were also staples in that lineup. That lineup is absolutely loaded, um, but I'm not completely sold on the pitching quite yet. I don't think there's enough there in terms of the rotation and bullpen for me to feel like I'm going to pick them over the Indians. Whereas on the flip side, the Indians, their rotation is solid. Um, Bieber had a huge uh, breakout last season. You got Clevenger. You got just you got Carrasco coming back. Um, which, you know, shout out to him, competing cancer, coming back, pitching again. And they got depth behind it. They got about three guys uh, fighting for the last two spots. And I think those three guys are good enough to make up four or five. But their top three, uh, one healthy, could rival almost anybody. So I like their rotation. And I expect Jose Ramirez to bounce back this year on the offensive front. And I love, love, love Francisco Lindor. Always an MVP threat. Great young player, staple for that offense. So... Um, with those guys, the additional players on, on the offense and the rotation, I got the Indians, but I think the Indians and White Sox are going to be like maybe one or two wins apart. Like, I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. Yeah, so, wins Indians for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I didn't like the Indians as much early in the offseason and closer to the original season start. The more I've looked at their lineup, I like it a little better. So I have no, no issues with that. With that. Yeah. And now we got the AL West. Who you got? Yeah, West. I, I think uh, Astros definitely. Um, win again. Um, I don't think you know uh, the the lineup and the rotation. It's it's still a loaded team. I mean, even after all the nonsense that went on, I think they'll still get it done. I mean, they'll probably be playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, which they don't deserve. But whatever, <laughs> they'll probably win. Yep. Um, number two, I'm gonna go Oakland here. Oakland seems to always find a way. They have a lot of really good young pitching, which is really interesting. With uh, Montas, Manaya, Lazardo, obviously. Um, I think most of the team is coming back um, from last year, a team that was really good and has been for the last couple of years. So I'm going to go Oakland as my uh, number two. Cool. I'm going to completely agree with you. That's straight up for me. I think the Astros won the division. Uh, yeah, you know, we got the whole scandal. The, you know, the thing that bothered me the most about that scandal, and I said this to Evan and people a hundred times, I don't think they needed to do it to win because I truly <laughs> believe that, like, already their pitching was great. That, that was always a thing. They lost Garrett Cole, but they still have the one-two punch of Verlander and Granke. They get McCullers back off injury this season, and then they got depth on top of that. So 
Um, I'm not, and they got young guys like uh, Josh James. Josh James, they they just they're loaded with with uh, talent, young talent on top of their veterans, and that's the perfect storm in a in a sixty game season. So pitching wise, they're great. I think they might have the best offense in baseball this season. With uh, we, it's it's arguable. Okay, not the best. I'm thinking of Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll wait on those guys. But I do think the Astros can rival the Dodgers in terms of top to bottom because if Correa stays healthy. Um, with the young guys coming up, Bregman was a potential MVP last season. Altuve, obviously great. Um, well, and Springer, like it's ridiculous. They're, those four alone is crazy. And then you add Alvarez, who had an amazing season last year, who's a little bit hurt right now. But if he comes back, um, you get Gorel. You, you're just loaded up to top to bottom. So I have the Astros win the division, and I agree with you about the Athletics. I think they're pitching. Actually, you know what? I'll talk more about the Athletics later. They're going to be my number two for now. Mm. Uh oh. Yeah, we're going to move on. Uh-oh. Uh, what does that mean? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All righty. NL Central. Central? Yep. Um, random random order to go in. Uh, Central. Sure. This, is, this is a tough one. This, um, this is probably one of the harder divisions, I would say, to pick. I think you have four teams that could, uh, other than the East, which we'll talk about, but four teams that are all not that exciting but could all win. Um, I'm going to pick St. Louis again, almost just by default. Um, uh, you know, I think, I guess, what do we got? Most of the teams coming back should be a pretty decent decent roster overall. The pitching should be in decent shape. Dylan Carlson getting called up hopefully soon is going to be huge. He absolutely rakes. Um, so that's going to give him a middle-of-the-order bat. Um, so I'm going to go with the Cardinals by a hair, too. Um, I'm going to take the Reds here. I, there was a lot of there was a lot of buzz on the Reds actually winning this division, which I was kind of surprised about. But again, you look at that lineup; it's kind of bizarre in how it's put together. It's a bunch of random guys from a bunch of different, uh, you know, past teams and whatnot. It's it's random, but it's they're kind of stacked. I mean, the lineup is loaded. You get Mustakas in there, you get Castellanos in there. The pitching staff is also sneaky super good with Gray, Bauer, Castillo. Um, and the bullpen can hang a little bit too. So I'm going to go with the Reds at, uh, as my number two out of the Central. Cool. My uh, number one for the Central is going to be the Chicago Cubs, actually. Uh, I, think, I think they're almost like the post-type sleepers for me this season because of all the talk over the offseason about potentially getting rid of Chris Bryant, potentially changing things up, um, preparing for a future where they're going to have to start rebuilding. Well, that hasn't happened yet. Their offense is still loaded. They still got Chris Bryant. They still got um, Baez. They still got... Uh, Ian Happ, they still got just they just got they got a solid lineup top to bottom. They got great defense. Their starting pitching isn't great, but it's still good. You still got um, Hendricks and New Darvish up top, and if you can get a decent season from last year, all you need is a, like a four ERA decent season. I think the Cubs in a short season are primed to have a good year because they have established guys who a couple of years ago were young guys and are now established veterans. We're talking about you know several players on on their team that were MVP candidates or have won MVPs. So. Uh, I actually have the Cubs just because of how crazy the season looks. I, I like them. Um, what, after the Cubs, though, I actually also have the Reds as my two. Uh, mm. Crazy. I don't have the Cardinals as a top two in this division this year because outside of Flaherty, I'm not very excited about the rotation. I, I, they would need, like, Mikolas to bounce back uh, for, them to, for them to have a little more rotation depth. But their starting pitching doesn't scare me. They have injuries in the bullpen. Um, they're going into the season with Kim as yeah. a closer. Carlos Martinez, I guess, being back in the rotation could change some things, but I really liked him coming out of the pen last year. I thought it gave them like an, 
an awesome weapon out of the pen. So it really depends on if he's able to come back and be a great starting pitcher again or not. And in a short season, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and the big thing for me with the Cardinals is their offense was not anything incredible last year. It was good, not great. And then they lost Ozuna, and now they have to make up for Ozuna. And you mentioned Carlson, but he's going to have to come up and fill big shoes. Goldschmidt's going to have to step up. I actually expect Goldschmidt to step up. But a lot of the other guys around him, guys like Colton Wong and players like that, again, are good, but I'm not excited about them. So that's why I'm a little – maybe Tyler O'Neill. There's just not a lot there that, like, gets me really excited. Whereas with the Reds, you have arguably a top three to five rotation when consider if you're just talking about the starting three, the one, two, three. And I think this season more than ever, your top three are going to matter a lot more because towards the end of the season, you can use them more since it's a shorter season. You're not as worried about, um, you know, reaching innings limits or things like that. Sony Gray had a great bounce back year last year. Trevor Bauer was struggled last year and the Reds had a pretty decent um, team with a good bounce back from Trevor Bauer pitching like he did two years ago. Pair that with Sony Gray and Luis Castillo. You got three guys that can strike out the world and uh, give you a solid ERA. So I'm excited about that. And they bolster their offense by adding a lot of uh, a lot of pieces. Not only are the guys that you mentioned earlier with uh, Mustakis, but they added the guy. I believe it was, it's out of Japan. I can't pronounce his name, so I'm, I'm saying the guy. Ayukuma or something. Yeah, there's, yeah. Looks like he could he could provide some uh, some support to that offense. So I like those two. Um, I'm a little bit out on the Cardinals. The Brewers get Yelich back, which excites me. But again, that's just not a rotation I'm excited about. Um, yeah, Josh Hader and, and that bullpen is is filthy, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't disagree with you necessarily taking the Reds over the Cardinals, but I do think there's a lot of players in that lineup that are a little maybe underrated. Like I think Colton Long's gonna have a really good year if you slide him into the leadoff spot. I think his run stats go up a lot. He's gonna steal a good amount of bags. I think he's a solid player. Um, I think he's gonna have a good year. I think Dylan Carlson. I think the second he gets to the big leagues, he's gonna rake. This guy's bat is ready. He is a stud. That's and tough he's to do, though. Like, how often do you actually see that happen in baseball, especially with all the weird dynamics that are happening this season? That's why I'm not as excited about call-ups this season because they literally have a quarter of a season, especially if they're coming in, uh, you know, a few weeks in. They have a quarter of a season to figure it out, whereas in most seasons, a guy gets called up, he struggles for a few weeks, and then all, of, and then he starts finding it. Like, think about Vladimir. Yeah. Think about Vlad Guerrero last year. He he's like the one of the most highly touted prospects ever. Yon Mokata. Those guys need a time, even though they're just as good as prospects of Carlson, if not better, right? That's that's the way I look at it. Like they're so everyone's really different though. Some guys come up and hit from the jump. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. You, you don't see I think he, I think he'll be ready to go. You don't see it as often, but that's fair. And the other thing I think that's that's getting a little bit sucked on is Ozuna and Jose Martinez was a solid hitter for the Cardinals over the last couple of seasons, even though defensively he was pretty terrible. Um, him not being there as insurance is also big. They just don't have as much depth as they did in previous seasons in terms of in terms of lineup. So um, that's another thing for me. But they can be on. flexible though. Tommy Edmonds, another guy I wanted to shout out, had a really good year that last year, kind of unexpected. He's a guy you can move around to a bunch of different positions, and then rotation wise, Dakota Hudson's another name that's pretty good. So Dakota but, Hudson, oh yeah. Yeah, no, no, no issues with the Reds pick, though. So where, where, where do you want to move? to the? Uh, did you skip the East on purpose, so you want to go West? Yeah, that's fair. Because we started with your your uh, division, and I wanted to end with mine. I figured that would be a cool way to do it. So fair enough. We're going to go NL West. Uh, 
You know what? You've started with the predictions for the rest of them. I'll do the West and East right. first. Um, I'm going to go Dodgers to win the division. I'm not even going to talk about that yet. We can talk about that later. We know they're going to come up plenty in the playoff conversation. Probably the best team in baseball. Again, we'll talk about it more going forward. Um, actually, you know what? The one thing I will say is they were already the best team in baseball coming into the season. <laughs> they added Mookie Betts. We sat there talking about, oh, did they get screwed? Did they end up trading for Mookie Betts, give up all these prospects, and they weren't even going to be able to use them because it was a one-year deal. And then they signed him to a 13-year, uh, what was it, 353, or sorry, 12-year, 350 extension. Yeah. Like that, 350, 375. He's making $30 million a year for the next 12 years after finishing up his final contract. The rich get richer. Um, I love Mookie Betts. I'm bummed he's on the Dodgers. I wanted the Mets to get him next season with our new ownership, but he's off the table. So congratulations to the Dodgers. That's a huge signing for them. But I got the Dodgers winning division, and I got the Diamondbacks in my two spot. Uh, I'm, I actually really like the D-backs. Uh, I, I, think, I think coming off last season, they played really well. Um, and I think they will be better this, season, this year than they were last year because the second half of last season, they really showed out. Uh, I know the Padres are a popular pick. I think the Padres and the Diamondbacks, this is similar to um, the conversation we had previously about the uh, White Sox. I think the Padres I have in a similar kind of realm as the White Sox, where if things break right in a, sh in a short season, they could be great. But my big thing is I like the D-backs rotation just a little bit more, whereas you have more question marks with the Padres. You have, you have to rely heavily on uh, Chris Paddock, and then after that you're putting a lot of pressure on other guys to bounce back. I think their lineup could be great. I think you could see Machado bouncing back in a big way. But I think, and of course, uh, Fernando Tatis is an absolute stud. Um, and they do have a lot of people around them. But they've also lost uh, some of their you know, previous players. Hunter Renfro, Manuel Margot, Fernando Reyes, who traded away a few years ago. So, you know, they, they still have some things to figure out. And I think the D-backs were really solid. I love the Marte-Marte uh, one-two punch with the D-backs this season to start the, rotate, to start the year. And I love their uh, their young pitchers in their rotation. So I'm taking Dodgers D-backs. Fair enough. Um, yeah, anyone that doesn't pick the Dodgers out of this division is a nut. I mean, uh, yeah, nothing else needs to be said. The fact that they have Betts and Bellinger on the same team. I mean, I think those are the one, one and two in terms of the betting odds for an LMVP. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, and we'll talk about some of their other guys later. I don't think we're done talking about the Dodgers, that's for sure. But uh, my number two, yeah, I think... You're just, I don't want to skip over Yelich. You said yeah, Mark, yeah. I think Yelich is up there too, but yeah. Yeah, um, it depends which site I think you're on. But um, yeah, I think you're probably right on the Diamondbacks. I'm just not that, I don't know. They just don't really excite me that much. So I am actually going to pick the Padres. I agree. I, I do agree with your take there. Them and the White Sox are in that same boat. And I think the, I do, I genuinely think the White Sox are there um, yeah. this year. I would agree. I don't think the Padres are, I, but I do think this new format helps them get in. Um, I think you are probably right on the Diamondbacks, but I am going to take the Padres. I just love the young lineup um, so much. And like Eric Hosmer is the forgotten man of baseball, specifically fantasy baseball. He didn't even get drafted in our 12-team league the other day. But I mean, uh, obviously the big park hurts him, but he is really solid. I think Manny has an even bigger, I mean, he, you know, a bigger year than last year. Yeah, I agree about Machado. My my one thing, and I like that you mentioned from Reyes, um, the Padres also just traded, this is one of my deep, like, sleepers, like this guy I've been tracking for years, Franchi Cordero, who, Fernando Tatis, he's an outfielder that's been hurt. He's like 25, something like that. So he's been hurt pretty much his whole career. He's played a little bit and played pretty well. 
Fernando Tatis said this guy has better tools than himself, Fernando Tatis Jr. Wow. That's how talented this guy is. And they just traded him. He has just insane power, almost like Framel Reyes. And they just traded him for like hardly anything, like a like a decent middle reliever to uh, Kansas City. And I'm like, why do they keep doing this? Like they did it with Framel. You could argue they did it with Hunter Renfro too. Yeah, Renfro's a big – that's the one that got me. I was like – People aren't talking enough about them losing Hunter Renfro. He turned into the stud power hitter who had speed. And, uh, you know, even though he didn't hit for, like, a great average, he clearly was a big part of their, their lineup success. I just think you put a lot of pressure on uh, Machado and Tatis to, to carry that lineup originally. There are a lot of young guys there, admittedly, who could, who could step up. Mejia is an example, for example, a catcher. Like, I think he could, he could be one of the better hitting catchers in baseball. But it's just a lot of unknowns. And again, it's a short season. That's why it's hard for me to pick them. The other thing we need to touch about with the Diamondbacks is they added Bumgarner. And I think that was a huge... Yeah. I'm out on Bumgarner. In terms of... I, I don't expect Bumgarner to be their ace. But I think with, with v, Weaver and with uh, Plesek and the guys that were pitching off for them last year... Uh, sorry, not Plesek. Gallon and uh, Weaver had really good seasons last year. Pair Bumgarner with that veteran presence on, in their rotation. And they got a couple of young guys... I like their rotation. I think it's it's a slept-on rotation. That could be like a top 10, top 7-ish rotation for me. That's why I like D-backs. Whereas Interesting. the Padres, not, no part of their team like makes me jump out of my chair. Overall, they're, they're decent with a lot of potential. But no part of their team is like, man, I'm super excited about that this season. You know, like I think their offense is like a year or two away. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I think the rotation, you certainly would need guys to set up, whether that's Garrett Richards coming off the injury, whether it's Luke Casey, you know, having a good year, some, someone like that. The bullpen, though, is the one thing that you can get really excited about. It's gross. Kirb, Kirby Yates, they add Pomeranz, who's a full-time reliever now and dominated in that role when he got traded over at the deadline last year. Emilio Pagan is one of the best setup man in baseball. Craig Stammen is really underrated. The bullpen's really good. And then Paddock, I think, uh, is better than any of the Diamondback starters. Um, I mean, he's a stud, but I agree. The rest, the rest of the bull, yeah, the rest of the rotation would would need someone to step up. But uh, and I agree, the lineup's probably a little bit away. But I still think it's um, it's good enough to win that second spot because none of those teams in that division, other than LA, really I do think, it for me. I think in the short season, uh, like having one vet. Um, Gives it gives it in the rotation gives the diamonds back diamondbacks a little bit of an advantage, but I might end up contradicting myself later. So for now, for now I'll move on. Um, but that is that is something I just wanted to touch on. And at least I'm actually going to let you go first here. Like I, I'll, I'll close out with with my uh, with my division, especially when you wrap jersey over here. So go ahead. Yeah. So we were we were talking in our groomy for about uh, what, like an hour where all of us were just going back and forth on oh the NL East about this team's lineup and that team's lineup stuff. So. And my, my line in there was, after all that conversation, the bottom line is I have no idea how this one's going to yeah, turn I out. I think there's four teams that could win, four teams that could end in fourth, you know, four teams that could end in any other than the Marlins. Sorry. Sorry, Miami. But um, four teams that could end in any number of spots, um, which makes it really hard to pick. So, I mean, I've considered the only one that I didn't really give a true – like at one point or another over the last few weeks, like consideration that I genuinely think they're going to win is probably the Phillies. Not that I'm saying they can't, but I just think the other three teams I genuinely one day or another was like, all right, I'm going to pick, you know, them. But so I'm going to leave the Phillies aside as well. 
Um, I'm going to go with the, I'm just going to go with the Nats at number one. Um, I'm, I'm going to take pitching. They have the best pitching by far, I think, especially with some of the injuries on some of the other teams. Um, we've been talking about their lineup, especially with Soto. Assume Soto needs, I, I think he's going to be back quick. It could have even been a false test this morning, given that he tested negative over the last few days. Um, but even if it's not, he's asymptomatic. I think he's back quick, which is the key to that lineup, having that big bat in the middle. Um, and I think there's enough veterans there. The bullpen, I also, I think, maybe trust the most of these teams. Really? Maybe. Um, maybe I, I'll say trust the most. I don't think it has as high of an upside as, say, the Mets bullpen. But I think the Mets have a lot of question marks and guys they need to bounce back. Um, whereas I'm pretty confident in the back three of the Nats. So I'm going to take the Nats at one and then two. The Braves are the Braves are like my my favorite team, non Orioles team right now. But I'm I'm going to take the Mets actually at two um, instead of the Braves. I, I I think the Mets lineup is uh, deep, and I love the bench as well. The bench is is uh, really impressive given you know teams having all these injuries and COVID cases and guys sitting out. Like really strong bench. Uh, Stroman should hopefully I I won't take your thunder uh, on the Mets obviously, but I think you know Stroman comes back. The pitching's good. Um, good enough, obviously, the Grom. And then um, the bullpen, given that it was so down last year, usually bullpens alternate kind of. Um, I would like to think that means really good things for guys like Edwin Diaz, Batances, Familia. And if you get all those guys going, obviously, Justin Wilson, Seth Lugo's a stud, then you're talking about a nasty bullpen. So I'm going to, there's a little more question marks I have with the Mets. So that's why I keep them at two, whereas I trust some of the veteran leadership and uh been there done that of the Nats a little bit so I'm gonna go Nats Mets in that order yep and this is gonna sound crazy because like I want to I want to avoid bias I'm gonna I'm gonna tee it up with that but at the same time I'm trying to think about what it means in the 60 game 60 game span uh I think more than ever and this is like weird for me to say because I've always been a proponent of pitching I mean that's and you know that might be my own bias because if the Mets ever had a chance in the last um decade, even the one year we made the World Series is because of pitching. And I've been a huge fan of, fan of pitching. But I think in the short season, more than anything, bats are what matter, in my opinion, just because I think pitching, it's once every five days is when your big guy goes out there and it's only a 60-game season. So they don't have as much of an impact as a normal season where, where they get as many starts, unless you're using them more frequently. I think bats is where I'm putting the most of my most of my um, like like energy into in terms of when I when I consider teams like and their success this year I think that assuming a bullpen can supplement decent pitching right because to be honest with you if Stroman was healthy I actually was going to pick my Mets to win the division I know that sounds extremely biased but for me a big part of that was depth however my division winner this season is going to be I think I'm going to pick I keep going back and forth on this I keep going back and forth <laughs> But I think I'm going to pick the Braves, man. I do. Like, I don't love their rotation. So that part of it sucks. But I think their bullpen is good enough to, even though they have some losses, I think it's good enough to patch it together. But that offense is so nasty. It's really hard for me to pick against them. And the other thing with the Braves for me is the last couple of seasons, every year I want to pick against them. Every year I want to pick against them. But they end up winning the division because of that, because they just hit. And I just expect them to come out, and I expect them to hit. Um, I know they lost Josh Donaldson, but they got Ozuna back. And it, it honestly pains me to make this pick because overall, I don't think they're the best team in the division. But in this shortened season and with the success they've had the last two years, if you look at the Mets and the Nats the last two, yes, last year, for example, 
we were incredibly streaky. The Nationals, to start the season, were what, like 15 games or like 12 games out of first place? Like, if they had a 60-game season last year, the Nationals wouldn't have made the playoffs and then Mets wouldn't have played, made the playoffs. As a matter of fact, we both would have finished as bottom 10 teams in the MLB last year. Then we both hit our stride and we were red hot. The Nats got hotter than us sooner and ended up winning winning, making the wild cards. The Mets were one of the top five teams in the MLB in terms of record in the second half of the season. Ended up finishing with 87 wins and missed the wild card by like two and a half games or something like that. I think the big thing with the Braves is they've just been consistent in the regular season over the last couple of years, which is why I have a little bit more faith in them because I don't know about streakiness with us. So I got the Braves winning. And this is where I keep going back and forth. If we had Stroman, this would be an easy decision for me because even though I love the Nats rotation, like as much as it pains me to say it, they might have a top three rotation. I personally am not a big fan of their offense. Um, we were talking about this in the group meeting earlier. We were talking about it admittedly with two Nationals fans, like <laughs> me being a Mets fan. So of course there was bias between all of us, whereas that was kind of the unbiased part, party. I My big thing is... Soto is going to be a huge decision factor. If he comes back this weekend, then I probably have the Nats um, maybe edging the Mets out a little bit for that two spot. But if he ends up being out for those two weeks, that's big enough for me to think the Mets, even with us losing Stroman, finish second. So for right now, I'm going to pick the Mets because I'm not, I can't assume it's a false positive. I'm going to assume he'll be out for two weeks. And if that happens, I don't see the Nats lineup being good enough to hold them over, even with that rotation, because I just don't see like, who do you rely on, right? Like, who do you rely on when the moment comes down? Trey Turner is a great leadoff hitter, great table setter, but he's not going to get you RBIs. He's going to be leading off. You got Eaton, who's good. Then after that, you got veterans. Like, you, you need Howie Kendrick to do what he did last season. You need Struble Cabrera to do what they did, what he did last season. They overperformed, right? Like, Howie Kendrick batted like 340 and in, in three, in 300 at-bats last season. That's I don't expect that to happen again. And then on top of that, Anthony Rendon, who has been the Nationals' best player for the last five years, is not there. I, like, I understand how good Juan Soto was last year. I understand that he is the future of the Nationals, but he's also still young, and you're expecting a lot out of one guy to carry a team after they lost their best player of the last five years. Rendon has been better than Harper. He's been better than Soto. He's been better than Zimmerman. And also Zimmerman is out. And also they lost um, Brian Dozier. And also they lost... Uh, Matt Adams. They lost a lot of guys that were a big part of their World Series roster last year. So with that being said, I'm going to put the Mets over only because I love our lineup. From top to bottom, we have guys that can hit. I understand Cespedes and Cano are question marks, but the, the point that I'm trying to make is even if Cespedes and Cano weren't playing the season, I still think we'd have a great lineup because of you, you just start with Nimmo, McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, Ramos, Davis, Rosario. These are all guys that hit, hit, hit last season. And I have no reason to believe they're not going to continue that trend. And I think some of these guys are just going to get better. So I think our, our offense will be good enough. We still have DeGrom carrying, carrying the weight of the rotation. I understand Mats and Porcello and... Uh, and Waka isn't the best isn't the best way to finish out the two three four. But I think our bullpen, if they bounce back, um, which I'm expecting this season, I knock on wood as I say it. I expect them to bounce back. We added Batances, Wilson, and Lugo were already great, great, great last year. And then Diaz and Familia, if they bounce back, we're talking about five guys that could just be filthy out of the pen. I think that's good enough to help us in our second, third starter. And I think Degrom will just log more innings. So I got the Braves one. Mets too. I'm sorry for a super long description there, but I knew what the East was going to happen, so I saved. <laughs>
Yeah, I love it. I, I will say you talk about Trey Turner. I think Trey Turner is so interesting. Like, I think one of the reasons um, I heard one of the commentators say this, and I thought it was a really good point. One of the reasons they're OK losing Rendon is because they know how much more is left in Trey Turner's tank because he's battled a lot of injuries. He's still very young. I don't he's not just a lead off hit lead off only not going to drive in runs kind of guy. I mean, obviously, if you hit him lead off, he's not going to be able to drive in many runs because he's in that part of the order. But I genuinely would love to see them because you have Victor Robles, too, who they have hitting ninth now and probably projects to for most of the season. He's like an all-star caliber player. And obviously, that's a lot built around his defense and his speed. But Steve, mm-hmm. he still has a good bat. He's, I would love to see them put Robles hitting first. And then you have Eaton, who's a solid two-hitter. And then have Turner hitting third ahead of Soto when he comes back. And then really see if Trey Turner can become that 30-30 guy. I mean, in, in normal stat seasons, obviously. But like a 30-30 guy that is genuinely hitting bombs, driving in runs. Obviously, if you're hitting him third ahead of Soto, he's not going to have the opportunity to steal as many bags because you don't want him getting thrown out ahead of him. But Robles is going to steal close to as many bags as um, Turner can. But Turner just has, I genuinely think he has the run production upside if you, if you give him the opportunity. I'm actually really glad you bring that up. I'm really glad you brought up Victor Robles because the funny thing is, Everyone I'm talking to, including you or Cameron Alex or just other people in general that talk about the Nats, talk about Robles as a short thing this season, right? There's a very good chance Robles turns into that all-star player on top of his defense and and speed. There's a good chance that he turns into someone as a hitter. But last season, he was not some amazing hitter. He was like a league average hitter when you compare it to the rest of the league in relativity. So that's a lot of weight people are putting into Robles being good this season because on the surface, if you look at it, you take Soto out of that lineup, you're, you're right. Turner has that potential, but Turner is also someone that has had injury problems and hasn't always stayed on the field. You take that, you put Eaton in there, who, who came back from injury, injuries, he's, he's hitting well now. After that, like, Starling Castro is okay, he's decent. You, you, got, you got Kendrick, who's decent. Here's the problem, though. The Mets have depth. The Braves have people out of, out of uh, AAA that, are, like, that they've, they've called up. They have a little bit of depth. Where is the depth for the Nationals, man? You lose Soto now. Like, what are, what are the Nationals doing? What are, what's going to happen if Soto ends up getting sustaining a longer injury? What if Turner goes out? What if they lose Eaton? Like, that is my concern with the Nationals. Like, not only do they have a lineup that isn't already, you know, great in my opinion. It's, it's, it's good at best. You lose somebody, you don't have a lot to add to it. Whereas I think the Mets have depth. I think the Braves have a little bit of depth. I haven't even really talked about the Phillies. There's a chance the Phillies actually end up doing really well because, you know, we know how streaky Harper is. They have a lot of guys in there with big brand names, like the sexy names in their lineup. And they have, you know, Nola, who was a you know potential Cy Young a few years ago. So it's not like the Phillies don't have a chance. But that's the reason I go Braves, um, um, Mets. I don't want to spend all our time on the East. But in reality, this division is so, 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 like, spread out. Like you said, there's four teams that could win it. And yeah. Get any, I think I think our wild card picks will will give us more uh, more weight to the matter. So um, maybe we jump into the wild cards. Let's, let's do the AL wild, wild cards. Um, you want to start? Who, who do you got? Yeah, AL. Um, let me think here. So my first one is the team I left out of the the Central. Like I said, I don't think anyone else in the East is is scary this year. Um, so I, I will give Indians um, a wild card spot. Um, and the other one, and this one I hate because this is a team I love picking on so much because they spend so much money. They have the greatest player on the face of the earth. Um, but I, I do think this expanded playoffs gives the Angels an opportunity to make it into the playoffs. Um, 
really, I don't even know who, I mean, like, like I said, the, I mean, the Red Sox, Blue Jays, maybe, but I don't personally don't think so. The Royals, Tigers, definitely not. And then out of the West, Texas, maybe, uh, I guess maybe is the only other, is the other team you can consider. Um, but, but I, so I'm going to give it to the Angels um, as uh, the last team in, um, along with the uh, Indians. Yeah, this is kind of why I don't like the, the 16 team to a certain extent. Yeah. Like the Angels who, like, that's the perfect example. Like, I was thinking about them. They're a team that just seems to allocate resources in a, in a way that's awful. They really, really bother me because Mike Trout is probably the most deserving player of, of a championship before he retires that there is. All he's done since he's come up is be exceptional. He's going to be the greatest player that we've seen in our lifetime. Like, I have no doubt about that. So to see him come up, do everything that he's done, and not be given the correct pieces to win really bothers me. They add Rendon, who's an exceptional hitter, somebody who, even even with the success he enjoyed last year, I think is still underrated because people haven't really paid attention to how good he's been throughout his career. But they did nothing about the rotation, man. Like that was their. That's always been their problem. Their pitching has been the problem, and they spent all this money on Rendon, but didn't add depth to the lineup yet. I'm with you. I think we have the same playoffs, even though we don't have the same uh, division winners. I have, the mm-hmm. White Sox. I have the White Sox and the Angels getting in as the uh, the additional wildcard teams on top of what we already picked. I think our only difference was we flip-flopped the White Sox and the, uh, um, who was it, the Indians? Yeah, I think I had the yeah. Indians. So I have the same playoffs there, too. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, like I, I feel like I have to pick the Angels as the last one, like you said. Because yeah, I mean... I really don't see any of these other teams making it. The rain, the Rangers are sneaky in that they got some good young players, but I don't. I'm not like banking on them. Not super excited about the rotation. Their pitching is gross, actually. I'm I mean, like- Kluber, Lynn, Miner. Now, I think Lynn and Miner are both guys. I think most people expect to regress this year. Yeah, they overachieved. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. But still, I mean, if you look at past performance last year for those two guys, and then Kluber. In his healthy years, I mean, that's pretty gross. I, I think the lineup is trash, though. And yeah. a lot of their, yeah. And yeah. they have some young guys, like, but Willie Calhoun, I think, is kind of hurt, who's one of their big young names. That's what I was just going to bring up. Like, Calhoun um, is one of the guys that, like, really could be a table setter. Not table setter, but could be, like, a, a, a bomb. And, and then you throw in um, Santana, who had a great season last year, finally. Like, after all those years of waiting, he finally had a great regress, season. yeah. You know, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, I agree. I think. I think we can move on from the AL. It seems like those are just kind of like pretty straightforward picks just because there's not really that many other options. Uh, NL, this should be a little bit more interesting because I think there's a lot more teams that have uh, potential to get in from different divisions here. So uh, who are your two? Yeah, like you said, this is tough. I, I definitely won't leave out the Braves completely. Yeah. Um, like you said, I, I think the top of that lineup, especially uh, losing Marquez is kind of sneaky because it hurts the depth of their lineup a little bit since he had decided to opt out. Um, so their lineup isn't as deep as I usually love to see it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the top is disgusting. Um, they signed Matt Adams to play DH. I think the DH aspect kind of hurt them, especially with losing Marcakis because they didn't really have a great guy there. Yeah. Austin Riley could be a sneaky, I don't, yeah, I don't really think he develops this year into a middle of the order, full-time everyday guy yet, but he, he could. He doesn't have to be. All he has to do is be a good hitter out of the seven or eight spot, and that helps them immensely because their top of their lineup is so good. Yeah, and I, I actually kind of like Johan Camargo as a player who I think projects to play a lot at third base, almost in a platoon role with Riley. So um, obviously the lineup's gross. Soroka's really good. I like Max Freed, Bolton Nevich. We'll see. It depends. But, um, 
it depends a lot on what Cole's Cole Hamill's outlook is. Like, if yeah, what? I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't know if Cole Hamill's comes back and he's able to be that solid veteran presence. Then I don't see any reason why the Braves wouldn't finish in the top two in, in the uh, East. The reason I hesitated a little bit as picking them as my one was because of Hamill's. Um, but even then, I had to pick them as my one because like. How do you pick against Acuna and Freddie Freeman and and uh, Albies and guys like that who have just been consistent? Like it's it just that's the big thing with them. So I'm with you. Like you, you got to have the Braves in. And it's funny you say that before you make your second pick. I got the Nats in. So our, our East, we're gonna get we're gonna have all three of those teams in either way. So it, it didn't really matter for who won. Like a record yes. is our seating, but. I got the Nats, and there's no way I can leave out any of those three teams right now, in my opinion. Yeah, it's tough. I, I the, well, I guess we haven't completely left off the Phillies yet, but um, I mean, for us not giving them much credit, that's a pretty pretty good roster overall. But um, especially when they get Spencer Howard up, I think he's an X factor because the weakness with the Phillies is that starting pitch. Well, the bullpen's also horrendous, but um, the starting pitching. You get Spencer Howard up there to mix it up with Nola and Wheeler, who I think are. You know, one slot too high in an optimal rotation. Nola's not quite an ace. Wheeler's not quite a two. But um, but I think Howard's an X back here. Anyway, but I'll go to my, I guess, my second wild card um, out of the NL, which, again, is so tough. Like like I said, Phillies, you could do, uh, you could do in my case, Cubs. I know you had them with one of the, the two spots. Uh, Brewers, you could do. Again, I think um, I don't like anyone out of the West. Um what is the Brewers rotation looking like right now? Dude, it, is, it is bad. I mean, Woodruff is the ace, and Woodruff's good, but um, uh, I don't even. I might. I, I would even have to look that up. I don't Hauser, even know. Hauser is sneaky good. He 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 did. He had a good season. Last uh, year. Hauser, yeah. Sneaky good. Is he the guy that? Is he the guy that vomits all the time? I don't know. That's a good question. But there's one guy on the Brewers that like throws up just like a lot of times in the middle of the games. <laughs> You have, to, you have to check out our boy John Boy for that one. But hold on. I got it on my phone, a little roster research. Oh, Corbin Burns is nasty, though. Burns is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie Peralta, Josh Lindblom. Josh Lindblom came over from the KBO, I think. Yeah. So the more you say these names, though, the less excited I no. get about the Brewers. I did a little bit of research on them earlier. Just nothing really jumped out to me about, uh, about my thoughts on them. Because um, a lot of these other teams, like all these names that we're stating – I like I just can think of right off the top of my head. The Brewers are the one where it's like after Yelich, it's really hard for me to think about other players that like really are gonna add to that question. Yelich is just so good that he keeps them relevant. That's basically what it's been the last couple of years. Yeah. So, I know Josh Hader and Corey Knabel, because Knable is yeah. which is sneaky. I know I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to that. The hater Knabel, that's what bothers you, man. If they could just give him a decent starting or like even a mediocre starting rotation with like one ace. That would be good enough, like, in my opinion, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even the hitting, though, it's not that great. Like you said, it's almost like Yelich. I mean, Keston Hures should be good. I like the Narvaez pickup, but it's not that good. Anyway, so I don't want to delve on it too much. And, yeah, Knable, sneaky fantasy baseball tip. It's obviously – I guess it, I guess it's too late because everyone drafted. But if you want Hater and you're banking on him for saves, I think Knable – it's not going to be a full-time situation, but I think they're going to go back to having Knable be the primary closer – they need to. What's that? Yeah, because no, then Hater becomes a. You need Hater to pitch multiple innings. There's like exactly. there's no way you can't you don't do that in a short season when you don't have a great rotation. I would yeah. do this. Like it, it's yeah. not possible to use in, the, in that way. So yeah. I just learned that the other day, so keep an eye on that. But anyway, uh, my second wild card is the Cubs for for I guess basically those reasons we mentioned. You made some good points on the Cubs being having not just veteran players, but like veteran 
like star players almost. Like you think about Chris Bryan and Rizzo. So um, I think that's a good pick. I almost changed my mind and put him as a winner, but uh, I'll give him a wild card. <laughs> the the Rizzo Bryant um, Baez three yeah. is is ridiculous. Like I like there's all three of them are still guys that can finish top ten MVP voting. Like they still have that potential. So uh, I, that's why I'm surprised people are sleeping on the Cubs because even guys like Ian Happ and stuff that they're just not really yeah. big, 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 like in in a short season they got hurt. But guys like that have potential. Uh, you know how much I hate the Hayward contract, but he's a great defensive player. He had a, he had a pretty decent offensive season last year. So. The Cubs have pieces, but I won't. I already talked about them. Um, my picks. This is hard. This is really hard. Uh, I already said the Nationals. The second one, I've been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I did seriously consider the Phillies. Like I'm still seriously considering the Phillies. Like I know it might be crazy to think that there might be four teams out of the NL East, but that really is just how how stacked up the East is right now. Uh, this this whole 16 team playoff threw me for a loop because I wasn't yeah. have to pick another one. Uh, I'm kind of torn between three teams right now. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but I don't actually find myself um, big on the Cardinals right now. So I almost am thinking about the Rockies because they kept Arenado. Mm. They kept Arenado, and their pitching was actually pretty good last year for a team that uh, – They do have Marquez. Marquez I love good. Marquez. John Gray had a pretty decent season last year. So, But I don't want to pick the Rockies. I'm thinking – I didn't have the Padres in. Uh, it's hard. Man, I'm picking the Phillies, dude. I'm, I'm picking the Phillies. I'm going four teams at the NL East this year. I really think the NL East is that good. I think the Phillies in a shortened season with the stars they have on – like the star names they have on offense, I should say. I mean, a lineup of uh, McCutcheon, Harper, Hoskins. Uh, I think it, Jay Bruce even is hitting well right now. You throw, that, you throw in uh, um, Gene Segura. I mean, JT Real Muto, I forgot their best My guy, JTR. And then if Aaron Nola has a good season, um, supplemented by some of these other guys, just have being decent for them. And and the pen's not great. It's not great, but it's also not bad. It's Um, pretty bad. Robertson's out. It's It's bad, dude. I don't know who's out. I still got the Phillies, though. I still got the Phillies because I think that offense with the rotation could could be good enough to secure the that eight spot. Like I, I think so. I, I got them over barely over the Padres. Again, I, it's just so hard for me to count on the Padres with a number of young kind of like question marks there are there. I, I, the rotation, it's everything like that. I got the Phillies. I'm I'm going to say four NL East teams make the playoffs this year. It's a fair pick. No issues there. I guess so. So, um. We, we've gone kind of long here, but let's jump into our AL and NLCS, I guess. Yep, let's do it. All right, cool. Just uh, I guess starting in the AL, um, obviously it's tough to predict with how the order is going to go, so I'm just going to pick who I think are the two best teams. Um, and oddly enough, I think it's Yankees and Rays. I think those are the two best teams um, in the American League, over the um, even over the, the Astros and company. But uh, I just... The Rays, not only do they always find a way to do it, even without much talent, now they have a heck of a lot of talent. And they are really, really deep. They're really, really loaded on the mound. Um, the bullpen, with getting Nick Anderson is sneaky. Like, not household names, but is gross. Um, they picked up Jose. They just got a lot of great depth pieces that I love. Um, so I'm, and I mean, like I said, Morton, Snell, I mean, Glasnow, like, I'm just here for it, man. Uh, so I'm going to go Yankees, Rays. 
and my winner, I'm going to go Yankees. I think it was just too much, too much with the Yankees. It's just a loaded squad this year. Although the pitching is a little, a little dicey, even, even with getting Cole. But yeah, I think there's just too much star power with uh, the Yankees. I do have an AL East team in my uh, in my championship, but I only have one, and that one is the Rays. Not uh-huh. the, I actually have a lot of faith in the Rays this year. That top three is a pitching. No, I don't even like people don't pay attention to Morton, and it makes no sense to me because he was a top five pitcher in baseball last season. He was so good, and at a time when they had a lot of question marks with Snell being hurt and Glasnow. Um, not pitching the whole season. He really carried that rotation. They got a good, good pen, and that team can hit. I Like, there's just – there's no weakness there. And all of a sudden, you have – in my opinion, I actually think they have the best rotation in baseball. Or at least – sorry, maybe not the best rotation, but they have a top – if you take the top three of every team, I actually take them over any other top three because people don't realize how good Glasnow was last year. More, uh, Morton finished, I think, top three in the AL Cy Young. And the year before, Blake Snell won the AL Cy Young. You're, taking, you're talking about three guys that could all compete for the AL Cy Young pitching at the top of that rotation. Um, and they, they use the opener strategy, so they really only need three. But you also have, like, a bunch of just such no-name guys like Yarborough, Chirinos. I couldn't yep. even give you stats offhand, but I know they were pretty good. So those are random guys. Um, we don't even need to talk a lot about their offense. They finished, I think, second in runs in the AL last season. I don't see any reason for that to regress. I think they'll be in that same situation. And their pen's good. Like, I'm not afraid. I'm not scared of their pens. It's not like it's not bad. It's not like the best pen, but it's good enough with everything else they have. So I got the raise. Um, this is the one that I kept, oh, going, uh, yeah. kept going back and forth on. And actually, the two teams I was deciding between were the Oakland Athletics and the Minnesota Twins. And I'm actually going all in on Moneyball this season. I got the Athletics. I got the athletics in my championship, and this is going to sound crazy, but I looked into it, and I did a lot of research. That lineup is so slept on, all right? Like, that top four to five, um, it's hitter, 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 hitter. They all hit bombs. Um, People don't even know who Marcus Simeon is. Like, people, people, like, don't pay any attention to to players like that. And year in and year out, the, the athletics keep making the playoffs, and I don't know why people aren't paying attention to them. The biggest problem with the Athletics last season was their starting rotation because you, they got into the playoffs and you were sitting there wondering, like, who the hell was going to pitch for them after everything was said and done because they had injuries and were trying to figure it out. Now they got a bunch of young guys that I really like. Like, Montez was really solid for them. If you go look at the rest of the rotation, the guys that finished the season off last year, they're solid and they're adding people like the, the their young guns on top of the fact that they already are coming in with some more established players. I'm super like Lazardo is coming in. You, you just, I'm just like so excited about the rotation getting better. And again, between that offense and that rotation and the fact that they play a statistics based game, I really think that can translate in a short season. And I think that'll carry them to the AL championship, but I don't think they're going to win. And I think the Rays are going to win in the AL. I think the Rays are going to the world series this year. I, I'm actually super excited about the Rays. Um, I think they're probably, even after how well they did last season, I still think they're the most slept on team in, in the uh, MLB as far as like top to bottom goes. So what you said, they probably are the most well-rounded team in the yeah. game. The Ray, I mean, now that you mentioned that, I mean, all three parts of their game, you know, really, really solid. I guess not including defense, but um, which yeah. I'm sure is I mean, the, 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 well. the thing with the Yankees is health. They, they're not deep. 
Um, and it's really hard for me to predict that they'll be healthy. Their starting rotation is beat up. Um, there, if Giancarlo or Judge goes down, I don't expect the same kind of production out of people like Rochella and people like that who stepped up big time last year. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little out on their depth. That's the real reason I don't have the Yankees. If they stay healthy, I definitely have the Yankees in the AL. But I just don't predict that help, which is why I got them. I got those two. That's the way I, like I actually kind of like their depth, but. Um... Tyler Wade, he's playing tonight, is pretty good. Clint Frazier's around there. He's going to be wearing a mask while he plays. But anyway, but yeah, so Yankees, Rays, respectively. I'll go to the NL. Um, I haven't thought too much about this, actually. Uh, Dodgers, 100%. Yep. Um, um, so I got to pick a second team to play against them. Yeah, that's been the hard one for me, too. <laughs> I, I don't think it really matters that much. But um, let's, let's roll Mets here. What about that, Cy? I didn't pick them to win the division, but let's say the talent comes through and the, the, the Mets find their way there, especially because by that time, Stroman will be back. You'll have figured out the oh. pieces. Yeah, the pieces. Yeah, true. The, um, by that point, you will have, I mean, some, not all the question marks are going to pan out, but at least by that point, you'll know, right? You won't be playing guys that aren't going to work for you. And like you said, they have enough depth to where, you know, like Dom Smith could be definitely be an everyday hitter in a lineup or whatever it may be. Like guys like, I mean, Jed Lowry is going to come back, I think, right, as a good depth piece. Um, so why not? Let's give it to the Mets. But to be honest, I it doesn't matter to me because the Dodgers are, I, there's no way I'm picking anyone above the Dodgers. I mean, it's just the lineup when Gavin Lux comes back. I mean, Bellinger, Betts, Muncie. I mean, it's just. It's it's ridiculous, man. I mean, Gav- Sieg, like, come on, and then and then the pitching. I mean, Kershaw, Walker Bueller, two guys that are going to be in top five. Cy Young, bullpen. You know, Jansen's a little sketchy sometimes, but he's solid. Pedro Baez, good setup. I mean, it's just Blake Trinan, dude. Blake Trinan. We forgot. Oh yeah. Blake Trinan bounces back to his uh, his athletics form. You you you're talking about a just a filthy pen. Um, yeah, I'm with you. The Dodgers are going to win no matter what. The second team, to, if we had Stroman, I actually wanted to pick the Mets too because in previous years there would have been a lot of bias. This year, I actually believe we have the potential to. So if Stroman comes back, it's the Mets. If Stroman doesn't come back, it's the Braves. I, I'm, I'm between those two. I, I actually really think that like one of those two teams can make it. I think the Braves might be able to figure it out and get there this year if if Stroman doesn't come back. I won't talk too much about that because I talked a ton about the East. The crazy thing about the Dodgers is. Last year, I already thought they were the best team in baseball. This year, I think they're even better. Um, even though Kershaw starting the year on the aisle, I think their rotation after trading away Maeda and uh, Rich Hill and uh, um, and uh, who, who well, I'm forgetting one other person, Hinjin Ryu. I actually no. think it's better. Um, yeah, I think Julio Urias is he's waited long enough. Every time he goes out there and pitches, he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. Like, you know, he's a top half pitcher in baseball, and yet somehow he hasn't really gotten that full potential yet. Rich Hill, year in, year out. Oh, not Rich Hill. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, who's the guy that always fills in for them? Ross Stripling. Stripling. Oh, yeah. Stripling's good. Every damn time he's good. Um, you even have guys like Dustin May, who, sh- who could be starting in pretty much every other rotation as a depth piece, who's going to be pitching now with Kershaw out. And you talked about Kershaw and Bueller. They have probably my favorite rotation in baseball from top to bottom because they also have depth. Like if you lose a guy, they have somebody else that can fill in and be a great starter. Their bullpen, I think Trinan bounces back and they have a filthy pen. Even if Jansen isn't great, Baez and Trinan are good enough um, to, to hold their own. And then they're hitting, I mean, come on, 
bro. Like, like every position is so good. And then on top of that, they have depth. Like they can just like bring people up and throw them in. And the one thing with the Dodgers that pisses me off is if somebody gets hurt, they'll throw like a guy in that isn't even a top prospect, like Muncie, for example. And then that guy will just turn into a really good hitter. Like it makes no sense. It's frustrating. But I digress. The Dodgers in in the World Series. I'm just gonna go right now. I got the Dodgers winning, dude. Like I, I really like. I really wanted to pick the Rays, but I think the Dodgers are going to come out there with a chip on their shoulder after what's happened to them the last two seasons. They played two teams um, that well, the Houston Astros were not allegedly. They did cheat. Um, and the Red Sox allegedly and most likely also cheated. And both of those World Series, they lost. I think the Dodgers are going to come out with that chip on their shoulder. They have Mookie Betts, who is actually my AL um, MVP pick. I'm just going to throw it out there now. With that combined with that rotation, they're going to go in there and they're just going to play their asses off. I expect it to be a close series between the Dodgers and the Rays, but I got the Dodgers winning. Um, it's chalk this year for me. Yeah, I, I hate to be boring here, but I have the Dodgers winning as well. Everything you mentioned. Um, I do love that you called out their depth because their bench, if you put together like a, a five-man bench there, like is, is hilariously good. Like I, I forgot to mention Will Smith, who's going to be an elite catcher in this game. Okay. But your backup catcher is Austin Barnes, who also can play other positions on the field. He's a beast. Kike yep. Hernandez is probably the best platoon player in baseball right now. Yep. And then you t- you talk about the next Matt Muncy. That's Matt Beatty, who yep. came on in last year. He's the next Max Muncy. Chris Taylor, beast. Dude, Chris Ta- like This <laughs> is me off to hear this. Like, it drives me yeah. crazy. Like, I'm Steve's- excited about the Mets depth, and then you hear about the Dodgers, and you're like, what? Like, what, do you, what can you Dude, man, it's, it's unfair. Um, Madness, but, yeah. but yeah, same squads. I guess I want to, you know, I don't want to get too much over. It's going to be tough to get this under an hour. Should we do some quick honorable mention, like postseason awards? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely should do awards. I already said my AL MVP. Who you got for your AL MVP? Um, I, I got Mookie Betts this season. I got him. NL? Yeah, I, well, sorry, and, uh, NL MVP. I got Mookie Betts. It's weird to calling him in the NL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him over um, Christian Yelich by uh, a slight margin. I think... Ballinger will finish third. I think those are going to be the three guys this year. Um, I just think that – I just think Betts, with the support that he has now, he has more support than he's ever had, and he's already won an MVP. I think now more than ever he'll get pitches to hit, and I think he'll really take advantage of that. So I think he fills up the stat sheet in all five categories and is a real factual player and wins the MVP. Yeah, I've got Betts as well, so keep a chop oh. there. AL, 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 I've got Aaron Judge. Um, I think Baron Judge stays healthy. Um, I, I, I can't remember if this was last year or maybe it was going to be going into this year that I was going to predict him win an MVP. I think if he's healthy, um, he looked good tonight um, so far. But, um, uh, yeah, I think healthy Aaron Judge, I think, uh, gets an MVP. Yeah, I, I'm not big on Judge only because I don't know if I, if I trust him to be healthy. And even if he's healthy, I'm not picking at Trout, dude. Like, if Trout plays the full season – He's my MVP. It's as simple as that. Um, I actually, I meant to say in the NL, uh, my top two are, are, my top three are actually Betts, um, Yelich, and then Acuna. Well, I don't know why I'm sleeping on Acuna. But in the AL, it's it's Trout. Um, and if it's not Trout, I'm probably going to go Francisco Lindor. Those are my two guys in the AL. I'm not, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big on Judge just because I, I don't have a lot of faith in that. Let's move on to Cy Young. Um, AL Cy Young, who you got? Um, AL. I just I just thought of this earlier, but um, mm. might have to come back. Uh, uh, NL is Degrom for me, 100. percent Though uh, I think now that he has a lineup, the only problem with him before was like, is he going to win enough games? His win numbers tended to be down. Um, yeah, he, 
and he still would. Yeah, he, no, easy Degrom. Um, you do yours. Let me think of who I had for for AL. All right, my my three times Cy Young in the NL is going to be Jacob Degrom. He's going to do it three three times in a row, knocking on wood. I'm going to be super excited. Please stay healthy. Please do it. Knocking on wood again. Love Degrom. Um, actually, in the NL, I'm going to go Glass now. I'm I'm going total reach here. Wow. I really believe I really believe Glass now has the stuff. He's proven it last season that he can do it. I really think he comes out there. I think he pulls kind of like a Blake Snell and just comes out of the woodwork and wins it this year, uh, especially in the short season. Look at what he did, dude. He had a 1.7 ERA last year with, like, I think it was, like, a 10 or 11 Ks per, per nine. Like, he was filthy, and he's got all the support in the world around him. Um, I think he's my sleeper pick out of the awards this year. That's pretty bold, and I'm a little ashamed of myself that I forgot who my pick was because it's, like, the most obvious one on the board, Garrett Cole. Um, I think it's it's, a, uh, it's tough to beat that. It's tough to beat that. I respect I respect the uh, non chalk pick though. Fair enough. Fair Rookie enough. of the year. Um, I don't know if you have much time to look up these. There's a lot of fun ones. Yeah, there's a lot of fun ones. I think. Um, I guess minor. I don't know. Um, Luis Robert for me in the American League. Uh, obviously, he's starting out of the gate. He's had a nice summer camp. Summer camp. Um, uh, five tool player. I like the lineup around him. Um, I think Robert is my guy there. National League, since Lux is starting late, I won't pick Lux. I will pick – yeah, it's tough. I want to pick Spencer Howard as a sneaky under-the-radar one, but uh, I'll probably go Dylan Carlson. Yeah, and now I'm still going to go Lux. Uh, I know he's starting late, but I don't care. I think he's just going to yeah. come up and just insert himself into this amazing lineup and just rake. Like, So I, I got Lux. Um, in the AL – I wanted to pick Robert, but and it's it's hard to pick a, a rookie pitcher in in such a short season. But I really believe in Lazardo that much. His stuff is electric, so I'm going to go Jesus Lazardo as my uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, like again, that might be more just not to be obvious than anything because it very well could be Robert. It's it's hard to pick against him, but that's just that's just where I got got to go. So um, I like it. Yeah, man. Wow, that was that was like I'm just so excited. To, like I think this went uh, because for, it's not too bad. I know it's like it's so hard not to want to just keep talking about it, but yeah. man, I'm sorry about how long this went. Regardless of what we cut out to the fans, I know this is gonna be a long episode. Um, we just appreciate it's not you too bad. Yeah. We've been worse. We've been much, much worse. I yeah, mean, this is worse. this won't be far from an hour. I don't think so. That's not too bad. It's a, it's a prediction special too. And this is true. This is true. Yeah. Hopefully, people are as excited about this as we are. Probably not because we're crazy about our baseball, but whatever. Um, either way. Thank you all for tuning in. Ed, you want to sign us off? You got any last thoughts? We're not going to call it over there. Yeah, no. Thanks, everyone, for listening, as always. Please subscribe if you enjoyed the content. Um, it you know, means a lot to the channel. Check out the Instagram fa- uh, page, which we rolled out last week. You can see, like, bloopers, previews of upcoming episodes, stuff like that on there, maybe some uh, some personal content from ourselves, just some fun stuff. You can check us out on there. But, um, yeah, no, that's it. At Mondays Down South. Let's go Mets. Let's go baseball. Go birds. Go birds. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Worst record in the MLB. Let's go Orioles. All right. Yeah. Just thrilled to be back. Peace. Take care, guys.